Matthew 14:22 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, interestingly, you can see how uh, Jesus dismissed the disciples, and you see later why. But he kind of remained there to dismiss the crowd. The contact was before this, they had a miracle of feeding 5,000 people. So there were a lot of people there. So verse 23, then he had dismissed them, and then he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray late the night. He was there alone. Now, a very familiar features of Jesus praying alone. And he was doing it now. Verse 24, And the boat was already considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And now the disciple on the ship or the boat are moving away from the shore. Alright, quite interesting to see how. And then verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Imagine they still can't recognize Jesus. They thought he was a ghost coming to him. Because at this point, Jesus was walking on water. Very unusual, alright? I don't think ghosts walk on the water, folks. Will you believe that? But here you see Jesus walk on the water. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. The Lord called out to them, It's me, folks. The one that you know. <laughs> not here, not too low. Huh? But here it's a contact. The Lord said, Don't be afraid, I'm here. No? Then, Lord, it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Now look at Peter, a very impulsive person, remember? Happy to join Jesus. And you read on, you realize he was really coming very forefront to be the disciple of Jesus. In that sense, can I come to you by walking on the water? Then the Lord replied to him, come, he said. Then here the scriptures say, Peter got down out of the boat, walked onto the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. So there was just a moment that Peter got to give up. Immediately the scriptures say, Jesus reached out to his, his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? Now, this is a very familiar text on Jesus talking to the disciples, men of little faith, right? Or women of little faith. Just like looking at us today, that we are the same too. When he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the sons of God. And we crossed over, they landed at Nazareth. Wonderfully, they ended up worshipping the Lord although they thought he was a stranger. But when Jesus came closer, they acknowledged him, the Son of God, and they worshipped him. Folks, this is the word of the Lord. Okay, let's pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for the scriptures before us. And it is our prayer 
that you bring the scripture alive, fresh to us once again, recognizing that your word is eternal and is forever with us. And so we pray for this moment of meditation that your word continue to be so strong and vibrant and speak to our heart, soul and spirit and mind. In Jesus' loving name we pray. Amen. Okay, allow me to start with a light moment. You share with you something about a family holiday. Uh, we just went to some place. Don't tell you lah. <laughs> we talked over after a cup of coffee, can. <laughs> but it's okay, no. And then one of the places we visited was an amusement park because this holiday trip we have all our grandchildren, kids all joining up together. And surprisingly, this amusement park, they feel all right, you know. They have the bumper cars, merry-go-round, the ferris wheel, and the kids really love all those items. We almost had one-third of it because the price is quite comparable to Singapore money. But then I was surprised that uh, some younger kids that we have managed to hop into the lower coaster. Oh, they enjoy it, even with two or three minutes right. But folks like myself and my wife excuse ourselves simply because we don't want to take a plunge and don't know what happened to our heart later on. So the kids, they really enjoy the roller coaster. I'm not sure how many of you will take on there. But then, interestingly, the kids had no problem or holding on with the roller coaster with faith. Recognize it be the first time they enjoy it. But I realized we're at home. These kids scared of darkness. When they come up from the room, they run, you know. Because the corridor they're very dim and dark. They don't walk. They run. So let's give me the picture between really faith and fear. That there was this courage of sitting on the roller coaster, but at the moment there's fear of darkness in the life. And I know that many of us do fear of cats sometimes, or lizards, or cockroaches, and you can name it. What are you afraid of, folks? You may know yourself then. So this evening, our meditation really based on the term, the elements called faith and fear. Either you have the faith or you have the fear in mind. And to me, the Lord laid upon my heart to really set the tone here that how we prepare ourselves to enter the new year, 2020. Either you enter it with greater faith in the living God or with fear with the uncertainty, challenges or unknown the line before us. So I pray at this moment, meditation, the message, the Word of God, you can spend at this hour or any time when you, during your meditation, you are able to be given the courage to enter the new year, 2020. So back to Matthew chapter 14, you can see how the scripture talks about Jesus walking on water to remind them how he wanted to deal with them the faith as well as the faith they have in mind. That's our first point, that Jesus 
were dealing with his disciples on faith and fear. Bearing in mind before this message, I just mentioned again, there was this miracle been done of feeding the 5,000, and yet the kind of disciple was just taking perhaps a norm uh, event before them. But just imagine they were, if they stay on to minister to the 5,000, overnight, the Lord and his disciples will become very popular. A lot of reporters will be there, and they were able maybe have some contracts uh, to do more financial uh, income through this publicity. But lo and behold, after that miracle of feeding the 5,000, Jesus dismissed them and went into the mountainside and to pray. Jesus never took any credit on what he was doing. That was Jesus. Simply because in the scripture like John chapter 4, 34 say, My food is to seal the will of God who sent me and to finish the work. John 6, 38 For I have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me. Listen, folks, the Lord himself came and do the will of God the Father, and not himself, or for his own glory. So I look at ourselves as a church this evening. First and foremost, we are minded, we are called and commissioned to do the will of God. We must not rob God's glory or stand in the way that all honour and glory belong to him, and Jesus knew well enough that he always gave glory to God. That is the life of Jesus. He withdrew, went to the mountainside and prayed, continued to seek God's will and be done in his life. Second reminder here is Jesus led his disciples to greater faith. Uh, this is a very interesting, if you look on the scripture, Jesus tells them to go the other side and move away and kind of leave them drift the boat to the middle part of the lake. The challenge part here is Jesus wants to reveal to them in time to come of his divinity that he was God himself. And simply now Jesus said, you move further away from the shore. And it is interesting to see that deep in Jesus' mind, he was preparing them, the disciples, to go into a deeper faith with the Lord. Because if the boat is stay on the shore area, it's very simple for Jesus to walk on it, right? But now they say they move to the middle part of the lake. And this is where Jesus appeared and strengthened the faith. And then the Lord gave me the illustration to ask, Imagine you are teaching your kids for a swim, a lesson. You cannot always put him or her in the shallow water, don't they? If forever they stay in the shallow water, they will never learn how to swim. Correct, folks? You need to take them from the children's pool to the medium-sized pool and even to the adult pool. Correct? Uh, for your info, I did that for my sons uh, in the younger days. But now they are teaching the son to do that. But here you realize if Jesus would see the folks remain in shallow water, they will never learn to go deeper with the Lord. And so now the Lord said, go, go into the deeper water. 
and see for yourself. Because in time to come, the storm will come. And when the storm comes, will you able to prepare to accept it? That's the teaching, the agenda the Lord has in mind of teaching the disciples at that point of time. And this is also a good reflection for us, asking ourselves this evening, are you in deep water? Now, I'm not saying you're in deep trouble. Just deep water will do. That means it's your faith has gone further and deeper in the Lord. Or just stay where you are, in the very shallow water. How do you face it? But thank God the Lord says to us, Jesus always intercedes for us. Jesus will never leave or forsake us. To the end of the world, he will be with us. So here is a reminder, really. Many times we do have storms of life with us, perhaps even physical as well as spiritually speaking. And the presence of God may not be so apparent. It seems that we cannot find God in the storm, as if God had abandoned us. But not true, folks. If you look at the way that Jesus still it, sometimes the storm that you face could be a report from the doctors to you about your health condition. Your business may not be doing well, or if the economy is not doing well, it may affect our career, our career, or our job, and so on. Or some of us realize your storm could be you're facing to take care of an elderly person. You feel so lost and lonely. I mean, thank God that the elderly person is still around with us, that we have the time to offer the caregiver or caregiving to him or her. There may be a time that we do realize we struggle in our job. You're glued to your job for day and night, and you can't get out of it. But here you look at Matthew chapter 14 this evening. You discover the Lord was always prepared to stand by us. He knew perfectly well where our life is. Jesus came, Jesus came and even walked on water to them. He did not stay there and say, folks, bye-bye. You help yourself there. But Jesus ensured he walked toward them. And this is the assurance that God had given to us. He did not leave us alone facing the storm. He will be there yesterday, today, and forever. And above all, He is interceding for us. So here we rely in the midst of trials. We can learn the following. Let me read to you this part. That whatever storm you are going through, you can be sure that Jesus knows about it. While you are in a place of perishing, almost drowning and dying, He in the place of intercession and will come to you in His time, not ours. Alright, in God's timing. He will use a storm to make you grow in faith, that you will see the glory of God in your life, and most important, the glory of Christ, or the Christ of glory. Amen. We thank God. At the 11th hour of our life, a crisis, God always showed up for us. 
and he will. Look at the scripture here. He walked on water towards them. He did not leave them alone. So what shall we do? The scripture reminded us we should respond to God with faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Folks, you need to put yourself in a better shape and move forward and go deeper in the water to know God. And interestingly, Peter, as I said earlier on in the scripture, scripture, saw Jesus. Lord, can I come to you? But to me, he was really number one here. He had the courage. To me, he was totally the disciple of Jesus Christ. Didn't fear about the storm or the water at that moment. But he asked the Lord, can I come to you? In a layman term is, can I join you? And literally, the Lord wanted people to do that. Come and follow me. And Peter was taking the initiative. Lord, can I follow you? Walking on water. He wondered. But then the scriptures say when Peter stepped into the water, in fact, he really tried. But because of the wind, he, he got distracted. He lost his parents, he fumbled and he sing. He could not walk on the water. Obviously, Peter did not focus on Jesus. Just now with the hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, it's so meaningful, right folks? And this is what we need to do always. Turn our eyes on Jesus, folks. And the things of the world will grow extremely deep. And Peter failed to do that. And so here we learn this evening that we continue to focus ourselves in Jesus with the faith that given to us. And so whatever struggle we have, he was able to help us to overcome it. Peter, to me, really had a good intention that he was all out to commit himself to Jesus. But too afraid to venture out into faith with Jesus. He got distracted. And do you realize that if Peter will continue to step fast in the faith that he has given to him, he could be the next person in the scripture mentioned that he could walk on waters. Do you realize? He just missed a bit only. He got distracted. So here we like to pray for you that as you venture into the new year, not to miss out every opportunity that God has opened up for us to go deeper in the faith. I pray and believe that we should have that faith to enter the year 2020, folks, and beyond. And someone write this, let me quote to you, talk about, you feed your fears, your faith was stuffed. You feed your faith, your fear will go away. Oh, I like that. When you feed your fears, your faith will stop. But when you feed your faith, your fear will go. Learn it, folks. Go.
go deeper in the Lord. Remember, Peter wanted to walk on water. And the next thing actually he needed to do was to get out of the boat. Uh, this is very significant, folks. It's not just exercise your faith, but you need to take action. The action for Peter was he got to take up, he got to get out from the boat and step into faith and be away with the rest of the people. And so here the faith lesson for us is to take up the step of faith if we wanted to stand up to the challenge the world given to us. In other words, you've got to move out from your comfort zone and allow God to take you and hold you on to enter the new challenges that you're facing in a very personal manner. We can pray for you. The church can pray for you. But very often, you need to take the step of faith. Get out of the boat and choose something to go deeper with the Lord. And let me quickly share with you see some biblical characters I mentioned here in the scripture. People like Abraham, I'm sure you're familiar with, in Genesis 12, how the Lord called him without any hesitation. He put down everything, his family, his community, his siblings. In fact, he was from a rich family, but he took the step of faith and left the country. And God said he will be a father of many nations. That's the life of Abraham. Then the next person was Moses. I'm sure you read about him. Started as a prince of Egypt. God killed somebody. Got to run for his life and end up in the wilderness and become a shepherd. May God call him to become the great leader of the nation. Moses got to get up from his comfort zone. The last person I mentioned is King David with his humble beginning, a shepherd boy. And God had chosen him, anointed him to the king of Israel, the great nation. And these character folks are mentioned in Hebrew chapter 11. To me, they consider the heroes of faith. Faithfully follow the direction and leading of God without fail. And God honor their faith. So we ask ourselves this evening, how do you apply your faith in you? One thing for me, for very certain, is we need to get out of our comfort zone. I'm not sure how that comfort zone to you today, but you've got to check and need to do something in order to go deeper with the Lord. I want to share with you this person by the name of Isaiah Chen. Uh, he kind of impressed me by his ministry. He's a real person, by the way. And uh, he's the director of what they call Pro-H Private Limited. Uh, what I learned from his organization that they organized a nationwide uh, program or event to assist the seniors, those able seniors who can still really walk, and the elderly ones were confined with wheelchair and need help to walk. And one of the objectives they had in mind is to invest an intergenerational relationship. And so this year, this week, this year, October the 19th, they had this event called Gym, G-Y-M, not our senior gym. 
the Go For Your Mountain program. I'm sure some of you may have come across. And this concept he borrowed from Caleb in the scripture, that when Caleb was very old, he continued to claim the mountain from God in Joshua chapter 14. That God had promised to give him the mountain, he said, let's go for it. And that was Caleb in the sand at OH, at 80 years old. He said, go for the mountain. So Isaiah Chung kind of used that and organized the event uh, to gather all the senior folks who is in the nursing home. You know where they go? They go to climb Mount Faber. <laughs> That's a mountain that we have only in Singapore. And they had, and they all went there. And he was ready to give the generation, the younger generation, a chance uh, to take care of the elderly and also a sense of family bonding together with them. According to him, according to Isaiah who told me, literally these senior folks walk from the foothill to the top. And those need help or unable to do so, join them in the midpoint. I'm told the next one is 3rd October 2020. Folks, you want to join? And to me, this is a, a new ministry that the church can really venture. Uh, by the way, one of the senior folks is our Helen's mother, right? You remember her? Madam Fu there. So to me, this is something the church can emulate. But of course, we need more confirmation and discussion how we can go into the community. They got thousands of people participated, young and old, at that program. Very challenging to reach out to the community with our love and care. And uh, prayerfully, they will get to know the Lord in life too. So to me, this is how, perhaps, one of the ways that we can move out from a comfort zone to venture something for the Lord in 2020. But nothing cast in concrete form. It's just a thought for us to feel, or you in your own way, participate. Some of these events before us. So here, just a good reminder about how we put our faith into action, and minus the faith or the fear that we may think we harbor all this year. In conclusion, 2020, what would that be to us? How are you going to hold that balance? More faith, less fear. No more fear, less faith. You see the last slide, folks. That will help us to remind ourselves as you welcome the year 2020, we will have more faith in what we are doing for the Lord. To God be the glory. Amen. Let's pray. God, our Father, we want to thank you for this time of meditation and looking at Scripture and to learn from Jesus with the disciples of the interaction about how they need to extend the faith and go deeper with you. And so it is with us at this moment too that as we prepare our hearts for the new year, 2020,
the Lord will be given the courage, the faith to walk with you, if possible, even on water. And so we pray for these dear ones who are here this evening. They were able to receive your word and to apply it in their own personal lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.